Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. As we were just talking about in the previous episode, about how memory kind of fucks us over and how our memories are shaped by our filters, which are effectively our pain filters. And so we tend to see our past, our history through those filters, and we often become the victim. And so we live our lives just trying to make up for that, right? And that's our karma. I haven't spoken about karma in a bit. But if we describe... (laughs) Which is so ironic. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. It is the title of our podcast. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. But if karma is basically the shit that happens to us, right? When the other shoe falls, when we try and do something different and we're met with the same roadblocks, effectively, all the different ways in which we are being shown where we have given our way, our power to someone else. Because when we are in our karma, we are looking for someone else to save us. We are looking for someone else to either love us out of our karma, to give us what we want so we know we're good enough. We're looking for external validation of internal trauma, effectively. But once we are out of our karma, the thing that actually is most destructive is the memory of our karma. Mm. It is the, when I tried to have a loving relationship, it blew up in my face. When I tried to go for the job I wanted, I didn't get it. Mm. When I tried to have enough financially, I was reminded about how little I had. So really, one of the big healing points that we hit when it comes to our karma and once we're out of it is believing that we are out of it. And in the last episode, we were very much talking about how effectively our karma, once we're in it and the memories associated with it, they're just stories. But the second part of that is really that once we're out of our karma, nothing is as we know it to be anymore. No, and that's also why, as important as it is to divest ourselves of our karma, in the process of divesting ourselves of our karma, we're also burning out our fears. Exactly. We're also killing our egos. Because those are also the things that inform how we see our past and our stories. While the karma encompasses all of those things, we do have to understand that in order to live in a karmaless world, those are also the pieces that keep us bound to the past or expecting or help create the expectations. We expect things to look a certain way because that's what they've always looked like. But ultimately, the way it looked like wasn't making us happy. We weren't in our power. We were subservient to other people. You know, we were subsuming our power in order to fit into a world of separation and polarity. So what we expect things to look like, we don't actually want them to look like. We only want that because it's familiar. Yeah. It's what we know. Again, it's it's the expectations. And also it's the ways and effectively what we're asking for is can we realize our coping mechanisms, but we don't need any reason to cope. You see, like, like that's what's fascinating is that, you know, for someone, let's say, who uh, has the karmic theme of unlovable, for example, they might have spent their lives looking for a partner in order to know that they are lovable, or they may have spent their lives trying to be loved by their families in order to be lovable, Mm. because they needed that external validation of love in order to know that they were internally in love. Now, once they have gone through their karma 
and they realize that they will always love. Maybe that need for a partner to know that you're lovable isn't necessary anymore. Maybe that need of acceptance by your family to know that you're lovable isn't necessary anymore. But because that's what we've been conditioning ourselves to believe we need Mm -hmm. and conditioning ourselves to believe we need it in a specific certain way, those expectations actually keep us trapped in the echoes of our karma rather than allowing us to be freed and create a life that actually suits us, which could very well include the things we've always wanted, but probably won't include them the way in which we expected them to look like. Oh, because completely. I mean, that's yeah, really the key. And when it comes Because those expectations to... were born from our karma. Those expectations were born from a place of needing validation, where actually I'm not sure if we look at the paradigms that exist in, around relationships, for example, whether they actually suit us or whether they're actually just perpetuating. They never suited us. We only believed they did because we were conditioned to believe that. Yeah. Right? Again, Mm. it was the, well, these are the constraints of separation. This Mm. is how polarity governs that. Mm. And this is how I survive that. Everything in this world is relational. Initially, it's that relationship to ourselves, which is a relationship. And then that relationship to ourselves is echoed outside of us to um, all our relationships with others. And we've said it before, as we start to shift and put maybe boundaries down or start following our heart or start allowing ourselves to think outside the rules, outside the story, mm-hmm. that does have an impact on all our other relationships as well. How Once we change how we relate to ourselves, which is effectively coming out of our karma, we also change how we relate to our relationships, which in turn impacts those relationships purely by the fact that we are part of those relationships. But once we're able to know that love actually isn't necessarily shared first and foremost with someone else, but it's shared with ourselves, as in love is our light. It's Mm -hmm. shining that light and sharing that light. Then the foundation of our relationships shift. But what does that really look like? This isn't really going to be as simple as we want to be able to convey. We have blinders when it comes to relationships, right? And so we still can't fully acknowledge how even in modern relationship, there's still a great deal of codependence going on. And as you described, there is so much of that because we are taught that we need a partner. Whomever that person is, whatever form they come in, it doesn't quite matter, but there's still the elusive one person or a series of ones. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But still, there is a massive preoccupation when it comes to that, right? And is there not that once we are out of our karma? Not at all. Not so there is all. no other. And we're going to be dissect. We're going to be dissecting this over a couple of episodes. So we're going to kind of see what we get to share today versus in subsequent episodes. Ultimately, the foundation of our relationships will be love. And it's not love as in I'm really in love with you. It's not going to be rom com love as, you know, in the When Harry Met Sally or any of those kind of romance tropes. Season three, right? I'm shining my light. The extension of that is I am living my purpose. The extension of that is I am owning who I am. And as a result of that, I no longer need a person in my life for anything. Not for my ego needs, not for financial support not for companionship. And while we can maybe get our heads around this, that's actually something that's really difficult to tell our emotional body because it is very wired, very wired for relationship. 
relationship in a more dysfunctional way because we don't really know what a truly healthy functional relationship looks like in what I just described. Because what really happens in relationship in 3D is I need you for my survival. I need you energetically to source me and I will source you in return in order to survive. That's fundamentally, right. And that is fundamentally what a 3D relationship is. Yeah. And so what we're really working towards and why we talk about when it's time to say goodbye is how we're having to really like literally rewire ourselves in order to get to this kind of connection or to enable it, I should say. We're not saying that once you are shining your light, living your purpose, owning who you are, and you no longer need anyone in your lives, that that you live alone on a mountaintop and you are never in relationship and you are never in any <laughs> of that, that where your mind single is forever. Going. <laughs> no, but I just think it's important to add, like that's not what we mean by that. It just means that no. when you're in that place, you then have the potential for greater relationship, greater connection, because it's one that's based within an I-thou union where you are free to be you and I am free to be me and we do not need one another. We don't depend on one another. It's a different kind of relationship. Yes, and, and it takes time to get there because we are still consuming all those scripted things that we've learned to expect, which have also governed how we choose somebody in our lives, mm. right? Oh, this person doesn't know how to buy me presents. This person doesn't get my love language. That stuff doesn't work in modern love. It can't. Because you're not, you're not looking for someone else to show you that you're worthy of love. Mm-hmm. You're looking for someone else to match you in your love. See, all of this, in theory, sounds great. (laughs) But what really strikes me as something that I definitely wrestled with a lot was the timing issue of it all. For me, one of the biggest aspects when I was in my karma was my relationship to time. And it definitely (laughs) was... Yeah, massively. And it was definitely highlighted, thanks, obvious. Uh, But it was definitely highlighted... When it came to relationships. Yeah. I was impatient in some ways because I wanted it all now. I wanted the security. I needed to know everything was going to be okay. But I was also very patient in avoiding the fact that it wasn't going to be okay with this person. Right? (laughs) Patient or just in a massive amount of denial? I mean, it was just both all the time. But time was really my problem, right? And if you think about it, time is really the crux when we talk about maybe old paradigm 3D relationships that really does kick us in the ass. Time, sadly, really gets thrown under the bus when it comes to relationship. And it's not time's fault. It's our karma. When we're locked in our karma, as you can speak to, right, it takes as long as it takes to burn it out. And honestly, it takes as long as it takes, and so it should. Because we have to be making conscious decisions. The only thing we are able to action are our choices, And those choices are a total reflection of where we are at. And in order for us to get ourselves out of our karma, which is to learn our power, we must do it on our own timeline. So it really does take as long as it takes. And you're right. It it does have to do with power because the preoccupation with relationship and landing a person is what keeps us out of our power because we're putting so much energy and thought and effort into finding that person. And determining, is this the person? Is that the person? Is I the need person to decide I'm gonna now. Meet yeah. Maybe it's not any of the people I'm texting right now. Maybe I'm going to meet that other person. 
but we are kind of talking about our karmaless lives, right? Yeah. So the less our karma directs our lives, the more invested we are able to become in our purpose. And as yeah, I discussed be- before, as sorry, as we discussed before, relationships in the future, and by that I by me I mean near future as in kind of like now, are about being purpose driven. We are meant to share our purpose with someone else. Doesn't that fly in the no. face of what we just said, which was I no longer need people in my life for anything? No. I'm not you don't need the person for your purpose. We can share our purpose with someone else. Once you're not fighting against a ticking clock, you literally can be in the now. And in the now is where you're able to really create your life. Completely. Because you're not racing against some proverbial clock anymore. Exactly. You're just, this is is what feels right to me right now. And this is what I'm going to do. Which is why we said that karma takes as long as it takes, just as life takes as long as it takes. It does. Because we care much more about time when we're trying to run away from our karma. Modern love partners with time. Modern love allows for all possibilities. Because Modern love relationships are not constrained by expectation, by past history, by ego needs, which means anything is possible within that. So how modern love partners with time is that the beginning and end of anything really isn't what we think it is. And this is where you're just going to have to open your heart a little bit and just try not to get your head around it too much. But the extension of an already existing relationship that spans dimensions. Hang in there with me. So the connection that you might find with somebody who doesn't necessarily have to become your partner could be somebody that you met over an app and that you're just really having a good time with, that you meet up with every once in a while. But that connection is so good, just feels right when you're together, that you have a sense that you really know this person. That while you might have met, you know, May 20th of whatever year, that wasn't necessarily the beginning of your knowing them. But instead, it might be the beginning or the first time you became conscious of that person in this particular lifetime. Does that make sense? But that's also presumably that we believe in past lives. Or that you just believe in a soul enough that the soul is timeless. So ultimately... There really is no beginning or end in modern love. Why is there no end? Because everything just is as part of our evolution. So as humans, we, we perceive a beginning and end, right? Causality. This happened and therefore this happened. I met this person on this day, this happened, and we broke up, if you will. Well, I mean, yeah, the end is subjective in the sense that, you know, how many times have all of us experienced a situation where like, I'm never going to see this person again. And then a year later, two years later, even maybe a decade later, you do. And then all of a sudden, the the end that you thought was an end wasn't an end at all. It was just another bit of the story. Right. And it could also just be that once you've met somebody and you've shared something with them, even if your human interaction ends, the fact that your souls met they always become a part of you. With time shifting, or the structure of time shifting, and that time is now, as we discussed in episode one of this season, we're forced to be present in a way that we've never had been present in our lives before. And this is going to feel very uncomfortable for many because we are so future thinking when it comes to relationship. Can I see myself with this person 
a year from now or five years from now? Can I see myself introducing this person to all my friends? Every little clue and sign and what that means and trying to assign significance to every freaking word choice there is in in every text. But the thing is, what we're having to really understand and what we've done to relationship and why it's also so damaged is because we have forced it. It's a bit like Cinderella. And it's like we're trying to make something fit the fucking shoe. When it doesn't fit the shoe, right? It's like, okay, then there must be only one foot for this shoe. And the reality is that, oh my God, this is like the worst fucking metaphor ever. You should have made me Just stop. Run with it. <laughs> we've gone down a road. We've gone down a road. You know what, you, you know what you're Make trying to say? Stop. Don't be attached to one idea. For example, in this instance, you being attached to this metaphor. So go on a different one. <laughs> I have no metaphors. My mind is on the shoes and the fucking purse. Yeah. But what we've done is when we've when we've tried to imagine ourselves in this relationship scenario that plays out in the future that garners us a spouse or something and you know whatever this idea of steady relationship for a lifetime means to somebody is that then we've negated every other possibility out there. We've sent ourselves or we think we set ourselves on one particular trajectory and we expect it to follow thereby limiting and pretty much deleting every other possibility that there is, which are many actually. Because as we know, our fate is much greater and grander than we've ever really understood. There's more than one, the one for us. There are many possibilities. And we are so afraid. We want the security of knowing what we're doing and where we're going to land. Spoiler alert, that's what I want to know. They want to know the end of the movie. So that way I'm assured that I'm going to be okay with how it's going to play out, right? And therefore I'm going to pick this particular person who is a safe enough bet that I know that I will live this kind of life, which will be a safe enough life to help me mitigate all the issues and shit that I'm trying to avoid because of my karma and my fears. But what about those people, of which I'm sure there are some, Mm -hmm. who have had in their knowing that there is only one person for them? And that, okay, so I didn't finish my my earlier statement when I was, because of our karma, as I was sort of saying in the whole whatever, my God, my metaphors just suck today. (laughs) It means that, again, we've only been able to, we've only allowed ourselves to follow one particular narrow trajectory when our fate's much bigger. Now, it does mean that there are other possibilities out there for our fate and therefore the person who will best match us. So based on our choices, that's how we're going to end up understanding who would fit us best. Now, yes, you could say in my gut, in my heart, I've always known that there would be one particular soul out there for me. And that can be true for a lot of people. It is not true for everyone though. 5D has to allow for all the possibilities. But you know, everyone is growing. Everyone is shifting. Mm -hmm. And as much as we have to give space for ourselves to shift, we have to give space for others to shift, which is why maybe there's no beginning and end sometimes because people will come in and out of your lives. And that's exactly what it's meant to do. They're, they're really, we're not sort of stopping and starting again. Everything is a function of our evolution and everyone else's evolution. And understanding that actually gives room to really grasp. I mean, we our human brains can't even really wrap our heads around this, but the myriad possibilities and probabilities that exist for what we're capable of and where we're going is vast. And so you can imagine then that in order to match all of those possibilities and probabilities, the relationships that we need to be able to enable energetically in order to allow for that is pretty massive, right? It's pretty great. 
that we don't have to be limited to, well, I'm going to spend these years of my life focusing on dating so that I can find somebody so then we can focus on our careers, then we can have children and we can do, yeah? Mm. It's like, no. You know, maybe I spend a few years of my life, you know, focusing on work and purpose, on me and cultivating this practice. And as I'm doing that, maybe I'm going to meet some people, either through an app or through friends. And maybe one or two of those people are going to be pretty fucking awesome. Maybe I'll date both. Maybe we'll have a cool thruple. Maybe we'll just engage in the threesome. Or maybe I'll just really like one over the other and maybe we'll just date for a bit. Maybe that dating will move into something. Maybe I'll move on, right? Do you hear like all the different maybes and possibilities that exist that don't have to then depend on, well, you know what? I'm getting to a certain age where I think I need to be more selective than this. So I guess it's very much from moving from a what if to a maybe. Yeah. So what if they don't like me to maybe I'll do this, that and the other. Yeah. So instead of it coming from a place of lack, it's coming from a place of abundance. Exactly. And then tomorrow doesn't matter. It stops mattering, right? Yeah, because all that matters is in the moment and in the near future, shit is happy. Yeah. Things are happy. And that's the point of modern love is that it really is all about now. But the truth of the matter is we never knew. How many relationships did we think were forever and they turned out not to be? Oh my God. How many relationships did we think were nothing and they turned out to be more? Yeah. We just don't know. And how damaging were those expectations? They were the things that kept me trapped. And so going forward is the reason relationships will be, you know, remain a certain preoccupation will be because as we know, as you've experienced personally, it is the gentlest way to really get us to experience things. I wouldn't say it's the gentlest. <laughs> Sorry. I'd say, I'd say it's the fastest. <laughs> because everything's relational in 5D, our, our different types of relationships really do teach us a lot in a short amount of time. So I guess like you said, it is fairly quick. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.